Greetings and welcome to another edition to the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary Montgomery and my lovely wife, Elder JC, in the house today. All right, good. Uh, AM, PM, any time of the day, M. <laughs> yes, at your convenience. <laughs> yes. Huh? We want to welcome our podcast and radio family and just a shout out to all our listeners. Um, it just appears that we are just moving in the world. Um, we give a shout out to our Durant listeners, our Tallahassee, Florida listeners, uh, to our Philadelphia, Pennsylvania listeners, uh, Orlando, Florida. Uh, we are just York, Pennsylvania. Yes, we are just moving in and out of the international scene. I'll just have to say that. So welcome, welcome, welcome. And I want you to know this is going to be another exciting show. Yeah, I welcome our listeners to reach out to us because we have received questions last week. Yes, we have. And uh, we addressed the questions. We didn't get a chance to finish all of them. We got stuck on prophecy. But uh, I just invite you to reach out to us. You can go to uh, Living Stones International, our ministry, which is now 16 years old. And you can do that by we livingstones.org and just go to that uh, that front page you can matter of fact while you're there you can click on the donate button and make a donation to uh, living stones for the stone builders hour and also you can reach out to us with our email Info. More questions if you have, if you like. Yeah, we'll take them. We'll take them because uh, that gives us an opportunity to research them and and also help us out so we can find out where we stand with thus says the Lord. All right. God. As I said last week, we took a few questions, but our focus became the difference between the fruit and gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Whereas gifts of the Spirit is prophecy, discernment of spirit, word of knowledge, and word of wisdom. And Elder JC and I, we are believers, and we place a high kingdom value on these gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. So true. And when we did that, we discussed 1 Corinthians 12. But I just want to say, we used to have a standing joke uh, in our previous church, New Dimensions Christian Center, when you talked about the fruit of the Spirit. And one of those fruits are... Or is it, patience. Uh-oh. And we used to always say, we'll pray for everything, but we don't want any no, more patience. Don't want no more patience. No. <laughs> because that is one fruit that all of us need and all of us could use. But patience means that you have to go through something in order to receive that fruit. So oh, you're waiting for your blessing. Right. So Lord, no <laughs> that's, more patience. That's why I don't want to go up the rough side of the mountain. You know, so I'm coming up on the rough side of the mountain. Yes, now I want to go through the mountain. I want to yeah. kick it down and draw, uh, drill me a tunnel. All Praise right. God. Well, just stay on course there because we got lots of material today. I know people don't want to hear me sing anyways. Mm. Well, I won't. I don't know. Maybe on. someone might wait, 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 no, pastor, go ahead and sing. <laughs> Make a joyful noise. Trust me. He's always been encouraged. So we'll, we'll move on from there. 
But spiritual gifts, um, according to 1 Corinthians 12, are available to believers for kingdom building. And some of these additional gifts of the Spirit are gift of prophecy, gift of tongue, gift of healing, working of miracles, discerning of spirits, speaking in tongues, and interpretations of tongues. That's a, that's a key. Yeah, it is. And then the second question was about prophecy. But before moving on, I just wanted to relay what really Paul meant in 1 Corinthians 12. Because sometimes the Corinthians at that time, during Paul's time, misunderstood the meaning of gifts. That's why he wrote this, because it wasn't, he was writing against those who were participating uh, in a meaningless fashion. Because you know how it is, sometimes we believe that we're doing something for good, but we're kind of just being uh, a robot or we're really not participating truly in the spirit that God gave these gifts. They also misunderstood the power Mm. that these gifts had. Because a lot of times, you know, there were people following the apostles for a lot of time asking them to, if they could purchase these gifts, buy them, uh, because they wanted it. They saw what they had. But that's not the meaning, true meaning, of why God gives the move of the Spirit in these gifts. It is supposed to be unselfish. It is supposed to be done through love, self-control, orderly. And it's for the main reason that Christ came, for edifying manner in which we are all participating in the services. Because a lot of times, you know, we think sometimes the pastor is up at the front and he is the leader, true, but sometimes we need for him to be a guide rather than being the ultimate. Because a lot of times pastors do get caught up in that. Let's be real about yep. that. They yep. get the big head and believe that it's them. I'm but, not going to talk about <clears throat> pastors today. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> but I just want you to know that when Paul wrote First Corinthians, it was to give the people an understanding of what really the move of the spirit was with these spiritual gifts. And he had three guidelines and I'm gonna give them to you real quick. One, the principles had, you had to have control. Yeah. Because sometimes we think we have, we're in the spirit. We can just lose control. Secondly, the principles that Christ gave, he, Christ is supposed to be glorified with these gifts. You just don't get it and say the person's glorified. And then the third principle is of faith. The main work of the Holy Spirit is to bring people under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Not that we become important people. Draw them in. Right. Because that's what God said. Draw all men unto me, he says. So such um, an amazing topic. We didn't get to all the questions last week about exploring more about prophecy, but we're going to start today. Let's start with what is prophecy, Pastor? What's prophecy? Hmm. Well, 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 you prophecy. don't have all day now. <laughs> oh, God, we can spend some more time. Yes. I got a feeling that this is a, a major be- topic. Yes, because it's happening. So a prophecy is a message inspired by the Almighty. It's a divine revelation. The, the, the Bible says that prophets heard from Jehovah 
as they moved by the Holy Spirit. In 2 Peter 1, 20 through 21, matter of fact, uh, 2 Peter 1, 16, he talks about trustworthy a prophetic word. But that particular verse uh, starts with knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. All right. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. All right. So a prophet is one who receives the Almighty's message and then transmits it to others. And we find that in Acts uh, 3.18. In Acts 3.18, it says, But those which God before has shown by the mouth of all his prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. See, God uses several different methods to transmit his wills or thoughts to his prophets. And first of all, how does one become a prophet? Mm. Because we have a lot of folks who they assign titles and then all of a sudden they're a prophet and they go around and prophesying. Oh, I won't even go there today. Let's stay. I want to stay on topic. Yes. Help please. me stay on topic, Miss JC. All right. So God chooses his prophets. Each you that's how it's done. That's it. He chooses the prophets. And who he wants to use <clears throat> to go out and transmit his will and his thought and it may not be somebody that you want to hear from it may not be someone in a suit and tie it may not be someone who has a, a mega church or driving a mercedes Benz. it might be that homeless guy on the corner that says the world is ending oh that's true will y'all let him in this church we won't go there. Again. Okay, we won't go there. Again. Okay. <laughs> oh. He also communicates with those um, not only just by leading the spirit, but also through writings. Remember, the Almighty used writing in at least one case that we all know about when He gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Mm. Although Moses, and that was in Exodus thirty-one eighteen, Moses brought the God wrote them and handed them to him. Of course, he had to do it twice because Moses got angry at his brother. He's a man after my heart because he had emotions. He was passionate yes, about he was. what he was doing. And, and he took, I mean, I can understand the passion because he was interacting on a regular basis with the Almighty directly. Well, I mean, come on, let's face it. I'm in the presence of the Lord. Yeah. And my his presence is so great. That my face becomes like little, literally a light bulb. (laughs) So people are scared when they see him come back. Right. So if I'm in God's presence, Mm. excuse me, like that, he can convey all his works through me. He does it through writings. Of course, we said the Ten Commandments. He does it through oral communications mm. because he does it through his angels. Uh, for example, God used an angel to instruct Moses about the message he was to deliver to Pharaoh of Egypt in Exodus 3, 2, 4, and 10. 
And it's just interesting when he gave that message, it said, and the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked and behold, the bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. And that's when the angel spoke to him. But can you imagine God can take on any aspect just as he did in that burning bush? Right. When precise wording was crucial, God directed angels, the angels to dictate his message. And he did when he told Moses in Exodus 34, 27, write down these words, because in accordance with these words, I am making a covenant with you and with Israel. Now, I just want you to know, God is a God of thoroughness. He's also a God that write it down and make it plain and put it upon tablets. Didn't he do that? That's in Habakkuk. So we need to understand that God is not a God that just comes up with just any old thing. He makes it plain and makes it in writing. I think pastor has another one for you. Well, I guess when you write it down and make it plain, um, it's so important that you, there's a, a record. Yes. One thing about writing it down, it becomes a record, whereas oral is like an oral history that sometimes it's hard to verify. Like, say, when we're doing our research, you know, we want to be able to go to, like, different facts and figures or times that people are directing. But when it's there in front of you, then it really makes a difference. But what comes down with uh, with oral is a vision. You know, visions, uh, these were sometimes given uh, to the prophets while they were either awake and fully conscious, uh, such as uh, Isaiah. The first book of Isaiah, 1-1, it states the vision of Isaiah, the son of Amos, which he saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem in the days of Uzziah, Jotham, and all the other kings of Judah. And then in Habakkuk 1, it's the same thing. You know, that they were uh, awake. Um, I'm looking for Habakkuk. <laughs> Habakkuk one's the same thing. The burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. So some were so vivid that the recipients participated in them. Uh, like in uh, Luke, Luke 9. Uh, when we look at Luke 9, uh, the book of Luke, chapter 9, I'm going to it because I want to stay, I want to, we are a Bible-based ministry. All right, Pastor, better get it in. i got to hurry up. We, I know we uh, tell now. <clears throat> and it came to pass about an eighth day after these saying, he took Peter and John and James, they went up into the mountain. That's when they went to, and Jesus was transfigured. And, uh, and it was so vivid for all the people who were there. They also were. They they also went to sleep. At other times, visions were conveyed while the recipient or the prophet was in a trance, such as in Acts ten ten. Uh, God also transmitted his message by dreams while the prophet slept, as in Daniel seven one and Acts sixteen nine. Yeah, we know all those prophets of uh, prophecies of Daniel are are here current. And to date, so some of the prophecies he made back then are coming to be foretold right now during our time period. So that just tells you how powerful God is in getting the message because he also told him to close it up, 
because it wouldn't be revealed until this day. Well, we're going to take a short break, uh, come back to talk a little bit more about some of the conveyances that God used, and also to talk to discuss, does prophecy always foretell the future? Uh-oh. Let's see. Yep. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. But I come to tell you, I feel like praising, praising him. As a creative businesswoman, I grew up in the church. As I have gone through many challenges, God was the most important thing to me. Pastor Gary and Elder JC's ministry has been a blessing to me. You can receive a blessing too by listening to them on the Stone Builders Hour. I listen on Wave 94.1 FM every Thursday at 5 p.m. You can also get the good news on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast. Check them out. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Stone Builders Hour with Pastor Gary and Elder JC. That's me, Montgomery. Uh, We are happy to be back in the house. And we were just following up on just the different conveyances that God reveals to us um, through his word, either uh, through the gifts of the spirit, uh, through writings, through visions. And one other one is mental guidance. Um, God guided the thoughts of his prophets to convey his message. Uh, remember, Second Timothy 3.16, I think, says it all. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Mm. That means it is the truth for reproof. That means you can go check it out and, and, and figure it out and see if it is the truth for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So God uses Holy Spirit or active force to breathe ideas into the minds of his spirit. And one of the things that uh, to his his, his, his uh, servants, servants. Yeah. But one of the things that I think that we have to understand and convey is that those of us who believe in the Spirit of God do believe that this Bible is the Word, Mm -hmm. is the absolute authority, is the truth. It is the kind of Word of the Holy Spirit that's been breathed into and understanding. Because if we understand this Word, we can move into all the areas of our life to change, to instruct, to just make the necessary, I don't know, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Make the necessary movements to believe that God is real and that he does work in, in our everyday life. And in mysterious ways, that's for sure. <laughs> Can't figure him out yet. Well, Except not always, yeah. Because he loves us unconditionally, for sure. And so when you talk about prophecy, and he's talking about not only written and oral and visions, whether you're awake or dream or in a trance, God still will use you. 
Yes. And are you available and a willing vessel? Because being a prophet sometimes is not a popular job. No, it <laughs> isn't. Especially if you're going to tell the truth. True. <laughs> so does prophecy, does it always involve foretelling the future? You know, and, uh, and I say no. You know, Bible prophecy is not limited to fulfilling the truth. I mean, the future. However, most messages from the Almighty relate to the future, even if only indirectly. For example, the Almighty's prophets repeatedly warn the ancient Israelites about their evil ways. Yes. Those warnings describe the future blessings if the people would heed the warning as well as future calamity if they refused. And in Jeremiah 25, 4, 6, he comes back and he tells you right there. And the Lord has sent unto you all his servants, the prophets, rising early and sending them. But ye have not hearkened nor inclined your ear to hear. They say, turn ye again now, everyone from his evil way and from the evil of your doings and dwell in the land that the Lord hath given unto you and to your fathers forever and ever. Mm. But they refused. And that's why black folks here in America, I believe, are... Um, the the descendants of the Israelites of ancient time because we're the only ones who had the blessings and the curses that will be transported from ships into bondage and slavery, lose your children, grow things and will not be able to receive the fruit. The actual outcome depended on the course of the Israelite and that's why they chose to follow Deuteronomy 30, 19. So Deuteronomy 30, 19 and 20 states, so so long, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice and that you may cling to him for he is your life and the length of your days and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give to them. The Israelites did not follow what God asked them to do and was so evil that God brought the curses. Well, you know, Pastor, there's so many other examples of Bible prophecies. When you talked about, do they? Does it involve predictions? And on one occasion, um, the Israelites asked for God's help. And remember, in Judges six six through ten, He did not provide that help. And what does it say? And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass, and the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet <laughs> unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus said the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt mm. and brought you out of the house of bondage, and I have delivered you out of the hands of the Egyptians and out of the hands of all the that oppress you and drove them out from before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord your God. 
Fear not the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. So you see, when we don't obey God's voice, that wasn't a prediction. He had already told you what he was going to do. Yeah, he did. And he turned his back on them. But the same happened when Jesus spoke to a Samaritan woman. And I love that. He revealed things about her past that he could have known only by divine uh, revelation. Because you know what he did. He asked her, um, first he asked her for some water. And then he said, well, where's your husband? And she says, I have no husband. He says, you're right. And the man you're living with is not your husband. (laughs) So I can imagine if God said that to somebody, that they would really be scratching their head. And that was in John 4, 17 through 9. So that wasn't just a, uh, uh, it wasn't a prediction. It was just, it, it was revealed to Yeshua by the spirit about who she was. And then, you know, they did also Kind of stupid stuff. You know, sometimes you think people sh- want you to reveal who you are by acting like, oh, I'm going to hit you, uh, have you blindfolded. And that's what they did at Jesus' trial and went around hitting him and said, okay, prophesy, who struck you? That's not what we're talking about in terms of prophecy. They were not calling for Jesus to foretell the future, but for him to identify by divine power who had hit him. And that's from Luke 22, 63 through 64. So a lot of times that's not prophecy. That's just somebody trying to be a smart. He could have done it. If, yeah. He oh, could've he could have. He wanted to. But he, that was not the meaning of what he was talking about in terms of prophecy. Well, you know, or Bible prophecies being fulfilled today. So mm, I think, so. well, some 2000 years ago, the Bible foretold that critical times hard to deal with will come in the last days. The last days of what? Not of the earth or mankind, but of the strife, oppression and suffering that have plagued mankind for millenniums. For example, a few prophecies that earmarked the last days. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. In the last days, mm. men will be lovers of themselves. Oh, my. Lovers of money, boastful, haughty, blasphemer, disobedient to parents, unthankful, disloyal, having no natural affection, not open to any agreement, slanders, without self-control, fierce, without love of goodness, Betrayers, headstrong, puffed up with pride, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having an appearance of godliness but proving false to His power. Uh, God, are you are you here? Are you in the room? Are you in the world? Uh, is that what's going on right now? Wow! I mean, how we are surrounded by people who adore themselves—they love money, are driven by pride. And we, it's my favorite verse, Matthew 24, 6 through 7, that whole 24 chapter. But you're going to hear, uh, hear wars and reports of wars. Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That's going on right now, Russia yeah. and in the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Even within our own nation, we're having a lot of strife among different individual groups. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some estimates place the total number of deaths in war and armed conflict conflicts since 1914 at well over a hundred million. That's mind boggling. And we're talking about the earth's not is crowded. <laughs> we we killed off. <laughs> 
It's not funny. It's not, it's it's, not funny at but all. But we killed off like, almost a hundred million people. How could you? Eat that? I can't even fathom that. The aborted children. Yes, that's only war. That they're keeping track of. Right, that's only war. So have the nations taken note and put an end to war? Heck no, because World War Two was supposed to be World War Two was supposed to be the end. World War One was supposed to be the end of all, all wars. wars right. Then came World War Two. Then came uh, the Korean War, the Vietnam War. Uh, you get the point? Yeah. There's so many wars that it's, you, you just can't keep track anymore. That yeah. is included as the skirmishes and everything. And and that's why that Matthews 24 7, he goes on and talks about how they're going to be food shortages. Mm. This is all in the Bible. Well, and baby formula? Oh. Who would imagine? And now I hate, to, I, I know there's one thing that no, no man wants to hear on the radio. That's right. Don't say it. <laughs> but women have shortages <laughs> of necessities that in my lifetime, I couldn't even phantom mm. growing up doing that. Thank goodness I am the age I am. I miss those old days. I remember I used to have four sisters and mother and a whole bunch of ladies in my household. And I used to have to take a prescription down to the pharmacy. And then he would give me, I'd get the note to the pharmacist down there on uh, Hazel, uh, 2nd Avenue and Johnson. And uh, the pharmacist would give me a brown paper bag that I would take home to <laughs> to your sisters and mom uh, it was in a brown paper bag back then i had i was clueless <laughs> i had no idea i didn't even think about looking in a bag oh god but there's right, gonna be food. oh god well i know we're running out of time yes we are and i'm just not getting warmed up but uh we'll come back with uh we'll continue well and i think prophecy I think is important it needs to be known by believers that God has already given us the instruction manual and has already given us what we need in order to keep ourselves together. It seems like this should perk your interest in what actually was written in the Bible mm. that's going on today. Because there's nothing new under the sun. That's true. But if this word is 2,000 years old... And still pertinent today, and we're actually living it in these end days. Oh, God, help us, Lord. We just thank you for opportunity to serve you, and we just ask that you just bless all the those with ears to hear what thus says the Lord, that they come to you, bow down in all of Him. Submit yourself to him. Confess your sins. Repent and sin no more. Call on his name. Yes. And tell him that you love him. Become a willing and an open vessel so he can use you. Right. What a mighty God we serve. Right. But we'll see you next week. And don't forget, you can catch us on all the podcasts. Amen. All right. Peace out.